Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to our series called Success. Throughout the month, we will be talking about success in different ways. And it sounds like this. With God, I can be successful. I really believe that to be a truth statement. With God, I can be successful. Now, it may look a little different and it may be missing all of the accolades that normally come with what we think of traditional success. It might be missing all of that, but here's the deal. With God, I can accomplish far more than what I would be able to accomplish on my own, right? With God, with him, being obedient to him and passionately following him, I can be far more successful and accomplish more than what I ever could on my own. Success. Last week we launched the series and we looked at a somewhat obscure Old Testament character by the name of Josiah. Josiah is an interesting guy. He actually is a young king and he inherited the throne at eight years of age. So as a young guy, he's now the king of Judah. And one of the things that he started to do is he had a desire to clean up the nation. He knew they hadn't been following after God. They hadn't been pursuing God. And we need to get back to that. And so they started cleaning up the nation. They opened up the temple for worship again. And in the process of all of that, they found a hidden copy of the word of God. It's something that his father and his grandfather had neglected and they hid the copies of the word of God and Josiah as a young king, he found it and he blew off the dust and said, we've got to read this. I mean, here it is, the words of God. We need to discover what is found here and beyond just reading this and understanding it intellectually, we need to comply. Like we have to start doing these things. And that's what happened. They read the word of God, and with all of its clarity, people began to weep, there was repentance, and the nation started on a whole new journey of passionately following God. Josiah was successful because he was someone who passionately chased after God, and everything that happened to him from the turnaround in the nation to everything else, all came as a result of his passionate pursuit of God. And so the challenge last week, let's do that. If we want to be successful, minus the accolades and all the stuff, let's just passionately pursue God as individuals and as a faith community. And I hope you have been having fun doing that. Okay, that's last week. Let's dive into our content today. I would encourage you to take out your talk notes. Please do that. Grab a pen. Here is our big idea. And that is do what is right, no matter the cost. And we're going to think through that today. Do what is right, no matter the cost. Even if, and especially if the cost is high, still think and pursue doing what is right, no matter the cost. Question. 
as we embark on uncovering that big idea. Is this something we really need to discuss? Doing what is right, no matter the cost? I mean, after all, most of us would probably say, I'm doing right. And there may be little slip-ups here and there because after all, we're human and we don't always get it right. But by and large, I am doing good. I am doing what is right. So do we really have to think about this? Do what's right no matter the cost. And the answer to that is yes. We do need to think through this. And here's why. Around every corner, our choices we have to make. And if we make the wrong choice, if we make a choice that takes us away from God, it will harm our lives. So around every corner are choices we have to make that could harm our lives. And so we need to think through this. And, and here's something to consider. Perhaps we do okay with the big things. Like we don't make big mistakes or big sins, if you want to call it that. We don't have a shipwreck type of moment. But what I have discovered is often it's the small things in life that trip us up a bit. It's the, it's just a little. Do you know what I mean? And it sounds like this. It's just a little innocent conversation between two professionals. Just a little. It's just a little envy in my heart. It's just a little pride on the inside. It's just a little porn I may be viewing. It's just a little hatred that I'm harboring. It's just a little unthankfulness in here. It's just a little, whatever that little may be. And all of a sudden, all of these, it's just a little, they begin to pile up and all of a sudden we have a significant problem. Now, I believe most of us would agree with that intellectually. Yeah, if I allow all of these just a little compromises into my life, even if nobody else knows about it, at some point it will present as a huge problem. It just will. We understand that intellectually. But often I don't think we sweat the small stuff in order to avoid getting there. Today we want to sweat the small stuff. So let's do that, and to help with that, the obscure and successful people that we are going to study today are found in the Old Testament. They are two remarkable and determined women, and we're going to invite them into our lives today to serve as mentors to us. So we're just going to open our lives and our minds and our hearts to what these two women can teach us because... They have quite a bit to say about success. And so here are these two ladies. Shifra, that's the first one, and Pua. Shifra and Pua. Real people, not Disney characters. This is not Timon and Pumbaa here. All right, these are real people. Shifra and and Pua, and again, they're going to serve as our mentors today, and we have so much to learn from them. 
Now, their incredible story is found in the book of Exodus. Exodus is the second book in the Old Testament. If you were to take a Bible and open it up to the front, you would discover the very first book of Genesis. Genesis is a wonderful book that describes origins for us and gives us full detail and a glimpse into God's creative genius. That's Genesis. If you keep turning to the right, eventually you'll bump into the book of Exodus. And the book of Exodus talks about God's people being freed from slavery and embarking on a journey into their new promised land. It is a wonderful book, and I would encourage you to read it at some point because it's a wonderful story. Now, in Exodus chapter 1, we're given context as to how God's people became slaves. And we'll think through that in a little bit. Most biblical scholars will say that the book of Exodus was written in 1445 BC. So this is an old book. It was written a long time ago. But again, very real and very applicable to our lives today. Here's what else we know about the book of Exodus. It has a theme By the way, every book in the Bible has a theme. And whenever you're reading scripture, I would encourage you to find the theme. Every author wrote with a theme in mind under the direction of God. There's a theme to every book and every verse, every word in some way will point to that theme. Sometimes we have to do the hard work of discovering that, but every word, everything in that book will point to that theme. Now, Exodus has a theme It's R&D, not research and development. It's redemption and deliverance. Redemption and deliverance. Redemption and deliverance. And everything in the book of Exodus points to that. And these two remarkable women, Shifra and Pua, are gonna help us see redemption and deliverance in a whole new way. So if you have a Bible or a device, with that in mind, here's our two mentors today, Exodus 1445, redemption and deliverance. With that backdrop, I wanna begin reading in Exodus chapter one, verse eight. We're gonna move around a little bit as their story is uncovered for us. Here's verse eight. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Quick review here. Joseph, incredible guy, incredible guy. And God raised him up in a unique way as a Jewish man living in Egypt. So he was a foreigner, you could say. A Jewish man living in Egypt. God raised him up to be a tremendous leader in the land of Egypt. And God used him to rescue a lot of people from a famine, including Joseph's own family. They came to Egypt eventually to live because Joseph, the great leader, was there. And as his family came over the years, they multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And they are a big people group now. But a new king comes into power, a new pharaoh. He doesn't remember anything about Joseph and what a great guy he was. And now fear about Joseph's people enters into the equation. 
Verse nine, he, Pharaoh, this new king, said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more if we don't. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves, just like that. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives. Here they are, Shifra and Pua. We're introduced to them now. So Pharaoh, this king of Egypt, he comes to these Hebrew midwives and says to them, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If it is a boy, destroy him. If it is a girl, well, go ahead and let her live. I want to pause there for just a moment because this is a shocking declaration. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. Just a shocking declaration. And often the danger when we read scripture is we kind of just read over that stuff and we keep going because there's another point at somewhere where the story changes and gets better and that indeed happens here. But I want us to sit in this for just a moment because if we don't, you lose a little bit of the impact and the dynamics of what these two women accomplished. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. These are babies we're talking about here. These are real families that will be destroyed and never be able to recover from something as devastating as this. Sadly, throughout history, there have been many attempts to eradicate people groups, many attempts. And that's exactly what's happening here with creepy Pharaoh, the most powerful leader in the world at this time. He is trying to destroy a people group. It's evil. It's evil. But in the midst of this dark cloud, all of a sudden we have these two women, these two Hebrew slaves named Shifra and Pua, and they are given a command. Now, here's what we need to know about them. They are Israelites, they are Hebrews, they are slaves. We find in the text that they are midwives. That's their job. They had a job to do, and they delivered babies, and there's no doubt they did that with great ability and with great skill because Pharaoh approaches them to say, here's the new plan. Kill the baby boys, save the baby girls. So what happens? Verse 17. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. And they allowed the boys to live too. Wow! Another stunning verse. 
Because you have to put yourself into the story. Think about this. These are two slaves basically looking at the most powerful individual in the world and saying, no, we know you're a big deal and you're kind of important and you're Pharaoh and all of that, but like we can't do that. And the reason we can't do that is because we answer to a higher authority than even you. Again, you're important, that's great, but we answer to God. And so we're not able to do this. We can't do it. Pharaoh wants to know what's going on. And so here's verse 18. Why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. So thank you for laughing at that. Scripture can be kind of funny sometimes, and that's why you got to sit in it as well. So a, a lot happening in verse 19. Some biblical scholars believe that the midwives probably lied to Pharaoh. Like, hey, we just can't get there. They deliver their babies in such a fast manner that we're not there, and so we can't take care of this. So some biblical scholars say the midwives lied to Pharaoh. I don't know. That's probably a bit of speculation. I'm not sure. What I do know is what happens next in verse 20. It says, so God was good to the midwives. Right, so we're not sure if they lied or not. What we do know, God was good to them and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, and I think we can put into this little line here, because they chose to do what was right, no matter the cost. Pharaoh, kind of an important figure. You don't disobey him. That's not a wise thing. There's a cost to that, but because the midwives feared God and because they made the right choice, no matter the cost, God gave them families of their own. So here's the story. Pharaoh, kill the baby boys. We've got to get rid of the Israelites, so kill the boys, let the girls live, and the midwife said, no, we can't do that. We're gonna let the boys live as well. We've been talking in this series about how there are profound outcomes when we choose to pursue success in a God-honoring way. So as we think about Shifra and Pua, what are the profound outcomes from their willingness to make the right choice no matter the cost? Well, the text makes it very clear that God blessed them and gave them families of their own, which I'm sure that they enjoyed. And boy, did they have some stories to share. Not only that, but the Israelites as a nation continued to grow. And God, in time, freed them from slavery and they were able to pursue the land that God had given to them. Those are the profound outcomes those are the success statements that came as a result of these two slaves. These two ladies just doing their normal work with all of the ability and skill that they possessed and saying, we will do what is right. No matter the cost, no matter how scary this Pharaoh is and all the threats that I'm sure came as a result of him discovering they weren't killing the baby boys, 
we're still gonna do what is right no matter the cost. Now, here's a little interesting side note here. Most scholars believe that Moses is the author of Exodus and he would have written these things after the fact, after they occurred and he's reviewing them. What we discover in Exodus chapter two is the birth of Moses. He arrives on the scene and guess what his mom did? His mom said, you know what, I'm not gonna kill my baby boy either. A new order had come from Pharaoh to say, when the babies are born, throw them in the Nile River because these boys cannot survive. We need to get rid of the Israelites, so throw the baby boys into the Nile. A new command. And Moses' mom said, no, I'm not gonna do that. I I can't do that. I'm gonna let my son, I'm gonna let Moses live. And if you know the story, you know that Moses grew up, became the leader of God's people and is the one who led them out of slavery to the edge of the promised land. Now, this may be a bit of speculation on my part, but I believe that Moses, the author of Exodus, may have included the story of Shifra and Puah in chapter one as a way to say, thank you ladies for letting the boys live. I am grateful and you empowered many women probably to make the same kind of choice, like my mom like my mom, who chose to disobey Pharaoh to do what was right no matter the cost. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, a bit of speculation, but perhaps, perhaps that's why Moses included the remarkable story of these Hebrew midwives and how they stood up to Pharaoh. Okay, great story. Happened a long time ago. How do we take content like this? How do we take what happened so many years ago in Exodus chapter one and actually use this in our lives today? Well, let me share two takeaways that I believe will help. Number one, if God can use Shifra and Pua, then God can use you. Okay? And maybe you're here and you have begun to doubt God's ability to do anything in and through you because you know who you are and the things that have happened in your life and you get beat up over those things constantly and you're consistently bringing those things to mind. Would you just know and hear today that if God can use people like Shifra and Pua, then God can absolutely use you And you need to be open to that. And you need to be ready for that. And I believe it comes when we choose to do what is right no matter the cost. And so if you begin living that way, and if you begin honoring God with the choices that you make, I believe there are going to be opportunities for you to shine where you live, work, and play. Because this is where God uses us. Right? These are ordinary people and they have a job to do. These ordinary individuals in their job did something incredible that we're still talking about today. So where you live, work, and play, choose to do what is right no matter the cost. Students in the room, those of you middle school, high school, college, maybe even younger than that, in your school and on your teams and wherever God takes you, 
Choose to do what is right, no matter the cost. Easy? No. But it brings success, God's way. Adults, where you live, work, and play, as you walk out of here in just a few moments, please choose to do what is right, no matter the cost. Easy? No. But success comes when we live this way. So if God can use these two, he can certainly use all of us. And that is our good news today. Takeaway number two, be ready to do the next right thing that God has for you, even if it's difficult. And here's why. It's because success in life can come as a result of being obedient to God. So obey God over Pharaoh. Obey God over convenience. Obey God over quick fixes. Obey God over what other people may want for you. Just choose to get after God because when we do that, I believe success can come. You know, one of the themes that we have had throughout our year here at Valley Point is pursue having your best year. I've said that repeatedly. Have your best year. And we follow that by saying, if you want to have your best year, then you need to pursue having your best spiritual year. And if you have your best spiritual year, well, indeed, you may have your best year. So those two things kind of run together. Pursue having your best year by having your best spiritual year. Here's just another way, another way we can have our best spiritual year. These two mentors, Shifra and Pua, real people who did a really difficult thing. They stood up to somebody very powerful and said, there's actually someone more powerful that we need to obey. And so we're gonna do what is right, no matter the cost. And so as we pack up in a few moments and as we embark on another week and as we pursue success with our families, with our jobs, with our friends, at school, wherever God takes us, may we remember our big idea for today and that is do what is right no matter the cost. May God give us the strength and the ability and the endurance to live that way this week. Father, we step into your presence on this Sunday and we're talking about you and how you have worked in people's lives throughout the years. And today we have spent some time observing two special ladies that are included in scripture for our learning. They are there for us. And they have been speaking to us and challenging us with their actions. God, I pray that you would help us all to take it upon ourselves to be individuals who would remember what they did. And everywhere you take us this week, to just choose to do what is right 
no matter the cost. And God, there's always a cost attached to that. And often the cost causes us to run and to fear stepping into that. But on the other side of obedience, success, success awaits for us. And again, it looks a little different and it may not have all of the accolades attached to it, but it's what you want. And when we walk with you, you can accomplish so much more through us than what we could accomplish on our own. And so God, I pray that you would help me this week to do what's right, no matter the cost. And God, for everybody in this room, help them to do what is right, no matter the cost, no matter the cost. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. I want to encourage you in the space we're going to create here just to have a conversation with God. Just talk to him. That's all prayer is. Talking to God, having a conversation with him just like how we would have a conversation. So talk to him about what he may be whispering into your heart right now. Maybe God is pressing into you that there's something coming Maybe you know it, you're aware of it, and you're going to have to choose one way or the other. And now you feel burdened to do what's right, no matter the cost. I think that's a great thing. Talk to God about that right now and wrestle with that. Ask him to help you. Ask him to give you confidence to step into that, knowing he will meet you on the other side and their success will come. Maybe God's been speaking to you a little bit about some compromises. Those small things that creep into our lives. Oh, we do right most of the time, but these, it's just a little. It's just a little. And maybe God has brought something to your attention. And perhaps nobody else knows about it, but you know about it, and God knows. I would encourage you in this moment, talk to God about that and ask him to help you to overcome and to do what is right, no matter the cost. So you just talk to God right now. Speak to him. God, all of these conversations around the room being lifted to you. 
I pray that you would take our cries, our pleas, our questions, and that you would help us now to act like Shifra and Pua. Give us that determination to do what is right no matter the cost. And God, I pray that you would use all of us here, that you would use Valley Point as a faith community to make a big difference everywhere you take us this week into all of our surrounding communities that are represented by the people here and that we would do what's right no matter the cost. And God, I pray it would make a difference not just in our life by choosing to honor you and be obedient to you but in the lives of others as well. And may we see this choice begin to have impact in our families, our schools, our places of work, in our cities. God, it might seem like a small thing, but you used that choice by these two midwives to continue the rapid ascent of your people. And it starts in Exodus 1 with this remarkable story about their faith and their choice. God, you can do the same through in and all of us. So give us the courage now to walk out of here and to be ready to do what is right no matter the cost. God, I believe something's going to confront us. Seems like as soon as we talk about these things, we're hit with an option. In the days in front of us, help us to do what's right, no matter the cost. Give us the strength to accomplish that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.